the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast. It was a very green busy day yesterday with St. Patrick's Day. Really excited because not only was it St. Patrick's Day and all of those festivities were happening, but we also got some hopeful news with regards to my first love, the good old good old hockey game with regards to the OHL. And there's no one that I would rather be talking to than London Free Press sports reporter Ryan Payette. Thank you so much for joining the show today. How are you? Oh, no, no problem. Yeah, great theme, eh, with the Knights to have... Uh have that on a green day right I was so (laughs) tempted to wear my Knights jersey today but I'm trying to be impartial and biased but I am just elated so I think we should start with the Lisa McLeod announcement yesterday with regards to the OHL so what happened because it was a busy afternoon yeah so the the provincial sport minister uh, McLeod she you know she announced a big package of money for sports in the province um, over 15 million dollars and of that She's directing uh, $2.35 million to the OHL. And, it, it, you know, we were hopeful that it would be like, oh, here's, here's some money for the return to play. But instead, it, um, it, it's money that's going to, to fund the uh, league's scholarship program because you have kids uh, going to university. And when they, when they join the OHL, it's agreed upon at that time that they would have their post-secondary education paid for based on the number of years that you play in the league. So there was some concern when the pandemic hit that these kids are like, well, what's going to happen with that? And, and OHL commissioner, David Branch said, I, I remember he told me right away, he's like, he assured everybody, we, we will fund these. And you, you look at it. And so a year has gone by and they haven't had any games. There's no revenue, uh, their corporate sponsorship, you, you know, those deals are kind of null and void right now because they're, they're, there haven't been any games and the TV deals and that sort of thing. So they have no revenue. And this is the government saying that this is an initial investment to say, you know, we're, we're going to help you guys pay those, pay, pay those scholarships. Now uh, the year previous uh, it, three point, um, a little over $3 million were accessed by the players um, in the, in the league uh, go, going to university and college. And so this makes up about uh, 75% and it's a good start for the, for the league. You know, when, when the team's, you think of the teams like we think of the Knights, but there's teams like Peterborough, North Bay, Owen Sound, smaller, smaller centers. And every, do- every dollar counts uh, when, when, you th- when you think of these, like or, uh, it comes out to $138,000 per team uh, of relief kind of thing for, for the, and these are huge expense. These are huge expenses for the teams each year. It's, it's one of their big ex- expenses when they make up their, their budgets is, is funding this. Uh, it goes into a, it goes into a, the league that manages it now and, and every team has to pay into it based on the number of players they have going, going to school. So uh, it, it's a big announcement. It's a big step for the, for the teams because they were, they were thinking if we do play, how, how, what are, what, what's our financial responsibility going to be And this kind of, this announcement from the government kind of takes away a little bit of that pressure. Absolutely. This was also a bit of an indicator too. And Lisa McLeod indicated, I believe about a week ago that she, for the first time was really, really hopeful that the OHL was going to happen. There's been a lot of back and forth. Um, Is it going to happen? Is it not? So 
is it fair to say that we've got like a rough return to play date of mid-April at this point? What are you hearing? Yeah, so the way we're just doing some, you know, reporter simple math here. And basically, uh, Lisa McLeod said today that, or sorry, sorry, this week that uh, last week even, she said um, you were hopeful by the end of the month by the end of March that we'll, we'll have like uh, Dr. David Williams, uh, uh, the provincial uh, officer of health, uh, will we'll have approved like some sort of bubble or hub city set up for, for the OHL. And then you just take that out. So, so that the, the teams then, once they get, once it gets stamped, the teams have to call, recall all their players. So you, you think of the Knights, for example, you got Connor McMichael playing in Hershey. Uh, you got Antonio Stranges down in Texas. You got a bunch of American kids on the team and you have to assemble. First, you have to assemble, get them here. And obviously there's a two week quarantine. So, so we're all saying, you know, if they get this done and everything mobilizes quickly at the end of the month, then you gotta, you gotta add on another two weeks. And I would even say, you know, that's with no training camp. I, I'm not sure what they're going to do yet about training camps, but if they, if you have another week training camp, then you're into, you know, you're into the latter part of April there before you're, you're dropping a puck on, uh, on some sort of season. So I, I think everybody thought back in February or something, we're hopeful for a start of April, but at this point that doesn't look like it's possible. There are two interesting things that you just said, one being Hub City, and I want to circle back to that. Actually, maybe we should start there. Mayor Ed Holder has said London would be a great spot to be a Hub City. Obviously, we hosted the Memorial Cup back in 2005 and 2014. What do you think, realistically, the chances of London being the Hub are? And is anybody else really a contender? You know what? I I do I do think I, I would love it to see it in London because obviously every time London hosts something it's it, you know let's uh, let's not brag here but it, it's you know usually runs pretty well so the Memorial Cups were an example of that and so you know I'd love to see it here obviously uh, come to London be great it'd be great to have it at Bud Gardens I, I but I think other I, I think one thing if you're trying to have an ironclad bubble you're going to have to use the Western fair. You might have to use Nichols or, or other arenas. Um, you know, if you're going to have five, six, you know, teams coming in here. So I, I think that actually counts against London because if I, I, I go to the other cities and Windsor, for example, has four rinks right in their own facility. And there's a couple, um, you know, Kitchener obviously has three rinks in, in their, in their own facilities. So I, I think if you're, if you're saying, Hey, this is, this is how the bubble is going to be that's a pretty nice setup. The, the other factor though, is if, if you look at it and you, you have the kids in dorms or hotels, they're going to have to take a shuttle somewhere anywhere. Anyway, the only place I can think of is Owen Sound where there's a hotel right across the, the street where you basically walk through a parking lot and you can get to the rink. But um, so other than that, you're going to have to take a shuttle. So what's the difference if you're shuttling to Western Fair or for, to Bud Gardens or, or whatever like that, or or, you know, if you're, you're shuttling in Windsor, for instance, where you're shuttling 15 minutes down the road to get to, to the four, fourplex that they have there. So I, I don't see much of a difference. But if, you, if, you're, if you're thinking about doors, like how many doors do we want people walking in and out of and all that, that's an advantage for, for places that, that already have uh, more ice pads uh, in, in their facility. 
Absolutely. And I'm very much like you, Knights fan would love to see London play host to this. Obviously, fans are not going to be included in any of the play that happens just for safety reasons. But still, to have that kind of energy in the city, I think would be really, really great. I got to ask you, and I don't know that you're going to have the answer. Have you heard anything with uh, with regards to what the OHL is going to do with their three American teams? Well, yeah, like this week I, I, I talked to a couple of them and it, it, it's funny because, you know, I talked to Dave Brown at uh, the GM in, in Erie and he's, there's the NCAA women's hockey championships is being held right now in their rink and they haven't played there in a year. And that's, you know, obviously there's two different attitudes, uh, you know, uh, north and south of the border uh, towards dealing with the virus. And, you know, they have, they have a lot more people vaccinated uh, than we do. I think Pennsylvania, I think they're approaching 4.5 million people getting vaccinated and we're not quite there yet. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, but I think, um, you know, the, the, I think that's, that's likely if they're not going to, if they're not going to move them here and house them somewhere for a couple months, which is, which is kind of tough to me. I, I, I would think it makes sense to have a hub in a place like Erie and have Flint, Flint and Saginaw go there. I've always thought that was, that, that was a factor. But I remember David Branch, uh, the OHL commissioner, telling me all along, we're going to play with 20 teams or we're not going to play at all. So it's not going to be a thing where we say, oh, we'll just forget about those teams and play with 17 teams or 14 teams or something like that. They're going to, they're going to play with 20. And that, that's he's every time I've talked to him throughout the months and months and months, he's always gone back to that and said it's not even a, a discussion. So It'll be interesting to see what they do with the American teams. And there, yeah, there really is no answer. I would think it makes sense to put them in a three-team bubble. And especially when we were talking 40 or 50 games back in, in January, February, I, I could see where the players were like, I remember talking to Ryan Suzuki. He's like, oh my God, that play, playing the same team 15, 20 times, that, that would be, that'd be tough. But if you're looking at 20, 24 game seasons, that, that starts to look not too bad. The other one, the other thing is just, Put them in a put them in a dorm somewhere. Put them in London. Put the three teams in London or something, and ha- have a dorm or hotel set up. If they get the money, if they get the the funding for that, that's something they'll probably look at. So, uh, all kinds of options there, and uh, you know that that's one of the most interesting things. We, Lindsay, we we talked about from the start, like what what's going to happen with the American teams, and and they're just you know even though they're across the border, they're just like all the other teams, like. Just give us the word and we'll figure out a way to, to get going here to do the quarantines and, and that sort of sort of thing. But, you know, right from the start, the, the London Knights probably have more American players than some of these some of these American American teams. Like um, if you go up and down the roster. So that, that's also an interesting thing. So you're going to have people if you're going to have this league, you're going to have people crossing the borders back and forth. Absolutely. And I agree with you. It's, it's gotta be all or nothing. And again, there's a lot of American players that play on Canadian teams. The Knights are a really great example of that. What do you think the holdup has been with regards to the OHL? Cause like the Quebec major junior hockey league started in October, obviously faced some challenges. Atlantic Canada are playing in some home arenas. Obviously their COVID case counts have been significantly lower in Eastern Canada versus Ontario and Westward. But then you look at the Western hockey league, they, now have approval for four divisions to play with some divisions in hubs and others in home arenas do you think that's a possibility here like what's the delay been i'm just jonesing for friday night hockey again yeah i i know i i i would say this that um 
love it or hate it, Ontario has been very cautious. We, we've been one of the most cautious places in obviously I'd say North America and the world. I've watched, obviously I've followed all the hockey leagues around the world and most at this level have started playing. They found a way to get back on the ice. I remember tracking Logan Mayu and Nathan Dunkley when they're in Sweden and they, in Sweden, which was way worse off than us uh, for a while there, they in for COVID cases, they they tried they tried to grind through it and play. They had to shut the league down for a month. There was all these outbreaks and that sort of thing. I, 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 talking to government officials here, one case is too many. One case coming out of this is too many. Not everybody feels that way in different jurisdictions, but the league doesn't want any any sort of outbreaks or cases. And the, the provincial government is very, very concerned about what's going to happen down the road. Is there, is there enough science? Will, if someone has COVID, if one of these teenagers gets it, like Lisa McLeod said this week, I don't want uh, any, a future NHL superstar to, to be permanently, like to go through something that's long lasting and maybe that affects his career. So, you, you know, there's a lot of caution. Uh, and I, th- I would say that's at the forefront of, why they're they're not playing and I, I think Quebec uh, they, they treat they treat their junior having been in Quebec many times they treat their junior hockey players almost as uh, an add-on to the NHL so they, they treat them like pros we we here in Ontario uh, the government treated uh, the OHL players as an extension of the young the 9 10 11 12 year olds they, they weren't treated the way uh, elite athletes are like they're still not allowed to gather uh, as as a team whereas you see uh, Olymp- I, you know olympians have been training i i've heard heard of all over the city you know people are are, are were able to train through different situations and in, in you know when we were in lockdown and that sort of thing where um so that was more like they were treated as if um like like young the young kids they are but as we all know in the ohl there, there's a there's a fine line. They come as young kids, but as, as they progress two, three years, th- then they're men and they're, they're ready to earn money. Like when you're 19, 20 years old, uh, you're ready. You're looking for contract. You're looking to get, dra- you're look, get drafted at 17, 18. Then you're looking to m- make a living in the game. So um, it, it's just the, the different approaches of the, like, like you said, different approaches of the different regions in the country. Now the Western league was able to secure fund. Like I think it's Saskatchewan. They said, we're giving $500,000 to all the teams in the province to get going. And, and that's obviously that hasn't happened here in, in Ontario. Once that happens, I think you'd see things moving quickly when, when they know exactly how much funding they're getting and then what the rules are around play. And as you know, that's been contentious with the, the body. Lisa McLeod came out way back and caused a real stir yeah. when she said that the provincial, uh, that, that the, the provincial health table wasn't going to allow body checking. And everyone was very, very upset about that. Yeah, me included. Yeah. Well, it's hard. How do you have the game of hockey without any kind of contact? You know what I mean? Well, you it watch the be... Leafs, right? You watch the Leafs, right? Yes, that's just it. It's gonna be they, they never really out hit their opponents. <laughs> they don't. They're the most hit team in the NHL right now, I believe. <laughs> I blame Brady Kachek and the Ottawa Senators for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens though, because I wonder if the NHL will kind of put some pressure on as well, because obviously the OHL big feeders for AHL, NHL. I really have my fingers crossed that this happens for us come the middle of April. So 
Thank you so much for your insight. We're going to stay chatting, stay connected, and hopefully we will be talking Knights hockey sooner than later. Uh, Thanks so much for joining the show, Ryan. I really, really appreciate your time. For those of you listening right now, if you want to stay up to date on our latest podcast, you can always hit the subscribe button. We are streaming anywhere you get podcasts. I'm talking Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Of course, we are on the YouTube, as my parents like to call it. And of course, over at lfpress.com. We will be back next Thursday with another edition talking probably something COVID related, because let's be honest, it's still ruling our lives. Um, But we will be back until we talk then. Stay well. 